Uh, today we're going to talk about the result of salvation. And we will see that the bottom line result of salvation is a life of freedom. A life of freedom. So this Sunday and next Sunday, we're talking about freedom. Today, we're going to focus on freedom from God's wrath. And then the following Sunday, we're going to talk about freedom from sin. Because once we've accepted Christ as Savior, we have freedom from God's wrath and freedom from sin. And as we're in between celebrating this week, uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, in between there, there's July 4th weekend. As we celebrate the freedom we have in our country, we're going to be celebrating the freedom we have in Christ. We are free to live our lives boldly for him and, and without wrath, God's wrath and without sin. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, dive into uh, Romans chapter 5. If you don't have your copy of God's Word, you can uh, look on the screen. And also you can look on the YouVersion Bible app. It is there. Uh, go to Bible.com and search for live events and you can install the YouVersion Bible app. And, um, but we encourage you to follow along there. You can also uh, volunteer um, for our sports camps through that. Put a prayer request in for that even online giving through that. We actually, as a side note, we actually have quite a few people that give mobile uh, through their mobile phones. Um, we kind of found that out this week. We're like, hey, there's quite a few people who do that. So uh, it's all good. It's all safe. Encourage you to do that. So Romans chapter 5, we're going to be in, I'm going to just tell you ahead, ahead of time, we're going to be in Romans 5 and Romans 6 uh, today. Again, talking about the freedom from God's wrath. So therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to stop right there. There's a lot of people in this world who are looking for peace. Even those people who are living in sin in their life, they're looking for peace. In fact, some people, they, they want peace so much that they will do whatever it takes to feel like their actions are justified. Their lifestyle is justified. They will go to whatever lengths, to whatever court system it takes to make themselves feel like they're justified. Why? Peace. They want peace in their life. Right here. Peace is found in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have peace through the Supreme Court. We have peace through Jesus Christ and him alone and his saving grace in our life. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what kind of life you're living, whether you're, whether you're living in, 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 uh, in sin with, um, with how you, with how you uh, talk to people, with how you can't control your emotions, with, with um, how you're living in sin and um, in adultery, how you're living, could be living in sin with what you're putting in your body, what you're seeing with your eyes, what, you, what kind of relationships you have. Sin is sin. And we will do, no matter how small in our minds or how great in our minds sin is, we, our natural human instinct is to justify it by looking at others, comparing ourselves with others, and if that doesn't work, then changing the system altogether. And so people will do everything they can. Why? For peace. There's a sense of restlessness when there's sin, right? I've had it. 
there's, when there's sin, things are good. It, there's, there's restlessness. And you're not right with God, with your creator. And so the only way you and I can have that peace is through faith in Jesus Christ in his grace. Now, I can stop right there, and we can go home, and that's enough right there, just in that verse 1. That'll preach. But we're not going to do that. Verse 2. Um, Through him who have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We don't boast in what we, what we can do. We talked about last week how men, a lot of times, men have this approach, fathers have this approach that, hey, I, I want to be able to earn my salvation. I want to be able to, because uh, men like to work. They want to they earn something. Right? That's human nature. God, God created work as part of his creation. So it's not by what we do. It's not by what we boast in. Not only so... Verse 3, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So another word, that, another destination of our lives, of our hearts, not only do we want peace, but we want hope. Hope is a good thing, isn't it? Hope is a good thing. When, when, when our kids this summer, they, you know, the schedules are kind of crazy. They have this hope. Are we going to watch a movie tonight? You know, they have this hope. Is there a Redbox DVD on the counter? You know, they have this hope. They open the refrigerator, the freezer, and say, is there ice cream in the freezer. You know, is there hope? You know, I know we're kind of making fun of that, but, but there are people living in their life, there's hope. Even in the midst of, 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 of bad things. In order to get to hope, something we have to have, suffering produces perseverance. Uh, and perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. In order to get to that hope, sometimes we have to go through those things in life, but know that Jesus is there to walk with this. Verse 6, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a, for a righteous person, though for a uh, good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That right there is a, that is a faith book post. That is a status update. But God demonstrated his own love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't make, Christ didn't wait until the world was right. Christ died when we were in our sins. And all the sins from Adam up to that point and all the sins from that point on, even our sins, were laid upon the cross of Christ. And we can have faith. And that's, that's really our faith. That's the essence of our faith, knowing that my sin, your sin, even the sins I haven't even committed yet, they are on the cross of Jesus Christ. And we believe that we can have forgiveness of that sin if we believe on Jesus and his sacrifice. Isn't it good to know that, that Christ died even with, while we were still sinners? 
So um, verse nine, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more have you been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is not a word that we normally use in our regular life. I, I, don't, I don't use reconciliation much, uh, even when I, when I talk to people about salvation. Uh, I, don't, I don't really use that word too much. But reconciliation is basically a mathematical term, and it basically means that, that it's like your bank account. When your checkbook is in line with what your bank says, that's reconciliation. Now, I don't, I don't know actually what our bank looks like as far as reconciliation. My wife does more, more of that. And so I know there have been many times that, okay, this, what, what says in our checkbook does not line up with what the bank says. We are not reconciled with our bank. Again, a, a uh, mathematical term. And so think of it like that. When, uh, when you and I sin, and we have a holy God that we want to, to, to be with, and we don't want to be in heaven, we want to, uh, when we die, we want to have a place of eternity in heaven, not hell. In order to do that, we have to be reconciled unto God, and we can't do it. Why? Because we are sinful people. We, we can't do anything. It doesn't matter what we try to do. We cannot be reconciled unto him except through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who came as a sinless person, lived a sinless life. He was both God and man, and he died on the cross for our sins, and all of our sins were laid upon him. And because of that, his blood, his sacrifice, reconciled us to God's holiness. And so that is what reconciliation means. And so it's not by our works and it's not by what we can do, but it's only by his saving grace. Going to verse 12. Now, this section talks about, compares uh, how Adam sinned and the life of Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sin. So basically, he's, Paul is saying this. Adam and his sin, Adam and Eve, their sin cause sin to spread throughout mankind. It was the first sin, and it spread. And so because of that, that one sin, we are all born into sin. Verse 13, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, law being the first five books of the, of, of the Bible, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. There, nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and that gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift 
followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more for, with, will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and if the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man of Jesus Christ? Now, that, that's a mouthful. Let me explain. Adam, he's talking about Adam, the first man, sin. If that one act, that one act of disobedience, that sin, if that had the power to cause all mankind to be born into sin, for sin to enter into the world, that one act through that one man, then imagine what Jesus, who is the Son of God, in his sacrifice and God's power to be able to put all sin onto his son and that sin to die and then he beat death to hell in the grave and he lives forevermore. If, if that one act of, of death and the shedding of his blood can cause you and I to have forgiveness of sin, surely if that one act from Adam caused sin to enter the world, then surely the act of death of the cross of Jesus Christ can cause people all over the world to live in grace and to live in freedom from God's wrath. That is our hope. That is our peace. That's how Jesus won act. And so I, I, I hear people all the time saying, well, Jesus died like 2,000 years ago. That was one act that was one man. And I tell them in response, yeah, but it was one man and one act that caused sin to come into the world. And so Jesus and his sacrifice was more than enough to be able to, uh, to cover uh, all of sin of mankind so we can walk in grace and freedom. Verse 18, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people. He's saying justification. That's a word that basically means just as if we had never sinned. It's a, it's a do-over. It's, it's wiped the slate clean. It's, it, it's just as if we had never, ever sinned. Verse 19, for just as through the disobedience of the one man... The many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. That's exactly what I just got through explaining, the act of that one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 20, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Where sin increased, grace had enough power to increase all the more. God's grace is sufficient. Verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have freedom from God's wrath. And the only reason God has wrath is people say, well, God is a God of love. This past, guess the past few days, love wins, love wins, love wins. Well, lo yeah, love won on the cross of Jesus Christ. That is where love won. And that is love. God sending his son Jesus to die for us. And, and yes, God is wrapped in love and beauty and splendor. So that's why one speck of sin cannot even be 
um, around the glory of, of God. God cannot have any association with sin. And because of that, he has wrath. And the wrath is simple. It's not, not necessarily, he, he doesn't want to have wrath over people, but wrath over sin, the actions of people. And so his wrath, how we get saved from his wrath, how do we escape his wrath? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not through our own actions of, of good, of goodwill, not by changing the system as we see in the last few days. They will not find peace. We can only find peace in Jesus Christ. If you and I try to justify our actions by changing whatever system we live in or by, by comparing ourselves, we will not find peace because sin is in our life and that sin we have freedom of if we come to Christ. So verse for chapter five talks about the freedom from God's wrath. This chapter six talks about the freedom from sin. You say, well, Frank, that means that I don't, I don't sin anymore? If I got freedom from sin, that doesn't mean that I won't sin anymore? No. Let's, let's read and, and ex, we'll explain. Verse um, one, chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So, no. Paul, Paul's saying, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. That's why it's important. That's why baptism is so important. Again, I say baptism gets you wet. Yes. Baptism doesn't save you. But this is what baptism does. It's something that you can look back on and say, you know what? I, I was living in sin. I had my old self. And with baptism, just as Christ was, was buried and laid in the grave, and then he rose again in new life. I have new life in Christ. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. Wedding ring, symbolic of my marriage. It's a symbol. It's a sign. Baptism, it's a sign. It's a symbol of our, of, of our choosing to follow Christ. And it's us acknowledging, because we've got to profess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and one way we do that is with baptism. Because everybody I baptize, I say, have you accepted Jesus Christ? And everybody says, yes, 